1: Well, earlier this month, a man named Martin Bates bought a three-piece meal from a KFC restaurant in New South Wales, and this is what he bit into. Yes, those are cute little baby flies. You're watching Darkness Prevails, the best place to share your creepy stories with the world, because this world is a strange one. Hey, don't get me wrong, I love KFC, I eat there at least uh, once a year, but every time you eat fast food, you're putting blind trust in the employees and the people around you. You're hoping the food will be cooked well and that no one will try to end your life. Enjoy these allegedly true KFC scary stories. If you want to hear your story in a future video, I'm looking for scary experiences with people who used Lyft. If you've got a creepy experience from using Lyft, Send it to me at darknessprevails.org slash submit. Also, stay till the end for my favorite early comments from the previous episode. Now, I hope you're ready because this is going to be finger licking good. Number one, KFC Creepers, submitted by Letty98. I work at a KFC in Colorado, I've worked for the company for three years now. and I started at an older store and recently moved to a newer one. The older store I worked at was in a smaller town, not quite small enough to say that the closest neighbors were very far away, but it didn't have any big businesses there. The closest Walmart was about five miles down the road at the very edge of town. Besides that, Dairy Queen and Sonic, KFC was the only other franchise in town. The place was really out of the way. We always closed early as well because we got maybe six customers from eight to nine. We were, however, supposed to close at 10, so we still got a few cars from time to time because none of the big bosses in the company knew we closed too early. That old store had a broken door, so people could still get inside if we didn't make sure to shut it all the way, giving it that little extra nudge. Most of the time, people were understanding about it, but there were a few that weren't that normal. There was one group who came in when we only had the drive through still open. There were three men altogether, and they had been drinking. One of them apparently had trouble with his pants, because he literally had his junk hanging out. There were currently only three women still there, none of us prepared to defend ourselves, and one man, our fry cook. The cooks were usually gone sooner because they didn't cook anything in the last hour and a half. We were open, but they still needed to clean their area. Now, the cook was in the back when they came in as he was just finishing up. He noticed we were having trouble with these guys, so he stood next to my cousin who worked with us, taking the order as I prepared it to quickly get them out of here. We made sure the door was locked and closed it afterwards and that was the quick end to the worst experience of my first year. The next year, I still worked at the small store. This experience happened when I forgot to check the door, meaning it wasn't shut all the way and could still be opened. My manager told me this story the next day. Some guy came in tripping more than usual. With these types of people, it was common for us to make them meals that were weird like they would often try to order what was basically a Scooby-Doo sandwich. We'd get people stacking things as high as possible, adding so many things to their food that it made it inedible and crazy expensive. Well, on a certain night, a night that I didn't lock the door like I thought I did. It was 11 p.m., and the store should have been closed, but everyone was running behind with their duties to close up. Then in walks this guy, Again, he was tripping hard. Instead of going up to the register, he just sat down in the lobby, not making any noise. My manager said she grabbed the pan grabber just in case she needed to defend herself. Then she walked over to speak to the man. He didn't respond. Instead, he just stared at her. His hands were fumbling around behind his back under his shirt, as if he was wondering if he should pull something out from behind there, or to leave it alone. Why was he acting that way? And what did he have back there? My manager didn't know, and she was starting to get worried. Suddenly, one of the ovens going through its cleaning cycle made a loud noise, so she took the chance to call Isaac, one of the cooks, who had been working really late that night, and asked him if he was almost done, which was her inconspicuous way of calling for help, without panicking this unpredictable fellow. Now, the strange man, seeing that she wasn't alone in the store and that Isaac was a bit bigger than him, he got up from his seat and walked outside of the building. Apparently, he hadn't driven a car and being all the way out here, there's really nothing very close by so he must have walked quite the distance to get there and didn't order anything. That man was up to no good and my manager knew it and to this day, She believes she got through that mess by the skin of her teeth. It still gives me goosebumps to think what would have happened had that man gone through with whatever he had been planning. Now, this year I'm in a new store that just opened. This one's in the middle of a shopping center, so we get more people and stay open later. The store is in a big parking lot housing many businesses, and there are a few strange things that happen a lot of sketchy people but these sketchy people try to avoid being noticed so if there are still cars in the parking lot we're typically pretty safe but just recently a lady was trying to get inside one of our guys opened the door to see if she needed help and told her sorry we're closed but she forced her way inside anyway i was in the back of the building putting a bag in a trash can the last thing I had to do for the night, when another guy pokes his head around the corner and says someone got inside. One more guy and my manager, the same manager from the previous story, and myself look up. It's 11.15 p.m. No one should be here. We all walk up to the counter, letting her know that she is outnumbered. The lady pulls out these long black gloves and begins to ask if anyone could give her a ride. Now, I may be a paranoid person, but I have no problem with giving a ride to someone in need. But this woman, I didn't know her and something just felt awfully strange about her. So we all apologized and said no. Then she walked out of the building, met up with a man in the middle of the parking lot who had a shopping cart full of different things, but it was too dark to make out exactly what. Then she took her gloves off pulled something out of her pocket, then put it in the shopping cart. Then they both walked away. There's only one question I have from that encounter. What were they planning to do? Anyway, I only have one thing to say after all of this. Don't go to a place after hours trying to get business. People are trying to do their jobs and go home like you. And sometimes the people who do come too late They're not there for food. Number two, Taco Hell, submitted by Sydney. I worked at a Taco Bell KFC hybrid store, and I always knew something was weird about the place. You would always get chills down your spine, even if you were standing next to those hot ovens. You would also get what felt like someone breathing on you at times, and things would go missing, only to be found in the weirdest, and I mean weirdest, places. One night, when I was the closing manager, and it was about time to close, I'd gone outside, turned off the menu lights, and as I'm closing the back door behind me, someone whispers into the speaker box in the drive-thru, I knew there was no one there and I was right. The cameras showed there were no cars or kids near the box. What was odd was that the box could only be activated if you pulled a car up to it. This freaked me out a little bit, but I quickly reminded myself that the box was old and someone had even hit it with their cars a couple of days before, so maybe it was just going haywire. I should also mention that there were only two people that night, my coworker Nick and myself, and I was the only one with a headset on. As I was doing my manager's tasks, I made Nick count the money tills in the office. Now something to know is when he counts money, he always locks the office door behind him. I started gathering the trash and went to throw it out. As I was walking back, I saw a shadowy figure in the doorway where I had just walked out. I blinked and rubbed my eyes and the figure was no longer there. I was exhausted after a long day's work, thought I was just seeing things. I walked back in, and as I did, I smelled the worst stench I'd ever smelled. It was like some rotting animal. I thought that maybe the trash, since Taco Bell meat and KFC chicken don't really mix well together under a hot sun in a metal dumpster. I get inside and lock the back door and then I start cutting up the boxes. Now, where I was in the back room, the only way you can see out of the door is if you're on the left of the doorway looking out and all you can really see is the prep food area. As I'm cutting the boxes, I got bored and I went and grabbed my phone which was by the drive-through window. So I walk out and set a box on the prep table, grabbed my phone and walked back. I was distracted for a few seconds picking some music to listen to, so I forgot to grab the box that I had set down and went back to cutting boxes in the back. Maybe five minutes later, something hits me in the back hard and it stings. I turn around, nearly yelling, what the heck, only to see that it was the box I had forgotten on the counter. This really scared me. I turned toward the front, wanting to know who did that, and I saw the color red moving from the doorway back into the kitchen. I thought I saw Nick, since our normal work shirts were red. I ran after him, and I went to the office and tried opening it, but it was locked. I knocked and Nick opens the door. Then I demanded him to tell me why he threw that at me. He looked at me, confused and that's when I finally realized he was wearing the manager shirt that day. Manager shirts are black. I was still confused, so I decided to rewind the camera. What I saw made my heart sink. I saw the box lying completely motionless, sitting there, and then it just launched itself at me. There was no one there. We watched it over a couple of times, and every time we saw it, the more I became distressed. And then there was a loud bang. We ran out, and all the food containers and drawers, pretty much everything, was out and had been ransacked. We heard the bang again, and once more ran to where we heard it. It was in the walk in freezer. We're almost to the freezer when the door just swings open. I literally fall back onto my butt, nearly screaming. That door is extremely heavy. It's not a door that can be opened from air pressure alone. I was done with that night. I told Nick we needed to get out of there. I ran out with our things, and I managed to shut off the lights as we left. Once we were outside, I locked the door, but the moment it locked, the lobby doors began to shake as if some deranged person was trying to get out desperately. Then, It stopped. I dropped onto my knees. I didn't know what to do. I had never experienced something like this. Then Nick screams. It startles me and I look over at him and he's looking through the windows by the doors. And I swear to God, there were two red orbs, like eyes, sitting there. I was not about to assume those were two red eyes so I looked behind us, expecting to see brake lights or something, but no, it was dark, yet there were those red eyes in the window. The two of us ran like we were running in a marathon. After trying to comprehend what happened, we both go our separate ways and head home. I texted the morning manager that I was sorry for the mess and that I would come in early to explain what happened and to help them fix it. Once home, I smudged myself, a cleansing to drive away negativity and purify yourself. The next morning, I went back and hesitated going back inside that building. I pulled myself together and walked in. The place was clean, as if nothing had happened. The morning manager was there, let's call her Kay. I explained to her everything. She didn't believe me right away, so I asked if we could review the tapes. She eventually relented. We get to the point where the box launches itself at me, and the video goes black, and it stays black. I remember thinking, now she'll never believe me. Before Kay could utter a word, we heard the same bang, bang, banging coming from outside the manager's office again. The same sound I had heard the previous night, and when we walk out, We were met with the same sight. The place was ransacked again. Kay was horrified, and so was I. We both walked out of the building and waited for the rest of the crew. But after these experiences, Nick, Kay, and I all quit the next day. Anywhere else would be better than that KFC Taco Bell. Number three. KFC Horror Story, submitted by Jahoon. I was 26 years old and hungry one day, so I decided to go to KFC to get one of their potato bowls. But when I got there, as I often do, I decided for something else and settled with chicken tenders. After ordering, I parked and began to open my meal when I saw something completely disgusting. There was one tender and then one something else, specifically a crispy breaded fried chicken head. One of the eyes was black and partially breaded over, but you could still see it, almost like it was looking at you. It had a beak and everything. I had nearly taken a bite out of it when I saw it, that burnt chicken eye looking at me. I threw it out right away and I vomited because I couldn't stop thinking about what other chicken parts I may have eaten and not the good stuff either. After seeing a face in your food looking back at you, it's kind of terrifying. How does that get past quality control? How do the cooks fail to notice that they're cooking a raw chicken head instead of the typical meat? If I didn't know any better, it seemed like some jerk put it in there as a joke but I was not amused by this. When I calmed down a little bit, I grabbed the head that I had thrown, put it back in the box, deciding that I might need it for evidence. But all I really ended up doing was showing the other guys at Fort Bragg. After that, everyone in my company stopped eating KFC. I know it sounds funny, but you'll probably change your mind after you nearly take a bite out of something's eye or face really makes you wonder what else they serve up to you sometimes. Number four, the KFC regular, submitted by Sassy. The KFC in my hometown was my first job. I would work the last four or five hours of the day, so I helped clean up every night We threw quite a bit away at night, and we, myself mostly, would add some free sides to orders in attempts to get rid of the food before it was trashed. We had some homeless guys come in sometimes, but one of them drove my boss to invest in a panic button under the register. Because some of the homeless folk were beginning to loiter, and we were told to stop giving out freebies. If we continued, we could lose our jobs, Most of them understood, but one guy came in constantly asking if I could get something for free, like he used to. He would show up at different times, sometimes not being seen for months. He was turned away by everyone, throwing a fit and cursing us out. And on some nights, he would follow us after our shifts were over. My manager, a tall but thin girl my age, would go to Walmart nearby after work, and she would always see him there. My close friend that started after I did left one day to go see her mother next door, only to see him following her step for step between the parking lots. In a special meeting, my boss told everyone to call the police if we ever saw him nearby, and around that same time, she went out to confront the man who threatened all of us. He was saying that we were threatening his ability to survive, and that if we kept doing that, that he would just as well take our lives. After all of that, I never went outside the building alone, never left home unarmed, and I always kept my car locked and inside of my job throughout the shift. Part of me felt bad that I couldn't at least feed someone who needed it, but part of me felt something else, That is, actual fear for my life for the first time. I'd never had someone threaten me before. To this day, we often think we see the man at the corner of other buildings, around the corner of our building, peeking out from behind cars in the parking lot. It's getting to the point that we're afraid to throw food out, considering who we might run into and what they might do to survive. I guess I finally understand why we throw food away at the end of the shift instead of doing something with it. This episode is sponsored by The Dead Files from Travel Channel. If you're listening to anything on the EerieCast network, odds are you love ghost stories. That's why I think you'll love The Dead Files from Travel Channel. Join hosts Amy Allen and Steve Deshavi As they investigate paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the US, each host offers a unique and exciting perspective for every case. Amy is a medium, seeing and speaking to those who are no longer in the world of the living. And Steve is a retired homicide detective who uses public records and witness testimony to piece together the history of the haunted location. Each episode of The Dead Files features a different, real haunting to possibly help the family struggling with its effects. One episode on Falconer New York deals with a family who keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They frequently witness a shadow figure lurking around their home. Amy and Steve receive their call and investigate, with Amy using her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. While Steve, separately, researches the history of the home, only to discover several previous residents who lived at the home died, confirming Amy's own findings. After their investigation, Amy and Steve must conclude with whether the house is safe to remain in, or if it's time to get out. I really love the deferring perspectives and skill sets between the two hosts, and I think that's why The Dead Files is a must-listen podcast for any fan of the paranormal and supernatural. Listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. Number five, Meal Time, submitted by Eric G. My family and I one day were coming back from the beach and we were famished. It was pretty laid out, already getting dark. After having an argument with my siblings, we all finally decided on KFC. We went inside the lobby. There were only two other people there Again, it was pretty late, probably almost their closing time. We ordered our food and then sat down. After I sat down, I realized there was sand all over me, so I went to the bathroom to wash my hands up. I thought I was the only one in there. I turned the water on and began to work my business when I suddenly heard a toilet seat violently close as if someone wanted to be heard. I was suddenly startled and looking behind me at the stalls, save for the water running in the sink. It was silent once more. Feeling a bit suspicious, I looked down below the stalls to see if there are any feet, but I didn't see anything. I seemed to be as alone as I thought I was. I shrugged and finished up washing my hands. Then I left the bathroom and sat down, but something was nagging at me, and I found myself staring at the bathroom off and on, wanting to see if anyone else who came out after entering had a weird expression on their face. But no one else went in. I had been the only one. Now, here's where it gets really weird. All of a sudden, during the middle of our meal, a man walks out of the supposedly empty bathroom, and he's a mess, pants and shirt torn all over. My mouth was wide open looking at the man. There was someone in there and he had been trying to hide from me. I shook my head, thinking that maybe I had missed seeing someone go in, even though I'd been staring at that bathroom door. Or I thought maybe someone was hiding because they were feeling sick and didn't want to be embarrassed or spotted. But those theories were all thrown out the window because the man sat down across the way from me and stared back at me. Then he smiled. Then he winked at me. He knew what I was thinking. I turned back to my food and finished up quickly. I wanted to leave this place and never come back. As we finished our food, we got up and made our way to the door, and that's when I noticed the man had stopped looking at me and instead was staring at his phone a smartphone that didn't really match his appearance. The door was on the other side of the man across the lobby, and as I walked past him to get to the door, I turned and looked down at him. He was still looking at his phone. I glanced at the screen, and my eyes widened. It was me at the sink, water running. It was me in the bathroom, being startled by the sound of the toilet seat, yet seeing no one in the bathroom with me. Yet it was the angle that scared me the most. He wasn't filming me from a stall. He was filming from above me. He was hiding in the tiles on the ceiling. I hurried my friends out of the building and we never went back near that KFC. The place is three hours away from where I live and I will never go back there. Number six, KFC Horror, submitted by Adriana M. This happened a year ago when I was 17. I live in a fairly small town. Everyone knows everyone here. It's not a rare occurrence to bump into one of your friends at the grocery store. Due to the town being so small, there's only one KFC in it, I used to stop there every day after school to pick up some food, and I'd usually bring my best friend with me. We'd stop there to eat, work on some homework, talk about boys, you know, just the average stuff. But there were also times where my best friend, Kay, couldn't join me. Now, on this particular day, Kay couldn't join me because she had to go straight home to deal with family things. I was pondering the idea of just going home as well, but my stomach was growling and I convinced myself otherwise. So without K, I drove to KFC. The place was abnormally empty that day. There were probably only two other people there and that's it. I walked in and the smell of bleach instantly burned my nostrils. I shrugged this off and thought that maybe I walked in right when they were cleaning. I noticed there were only two workers there too a cook and some man running the register. The man looked to be around 40 or 50 years old. I couldn't really tell for sure. His beard was scraggly and gray. He didn't come off as the nicest person, but who was I to judge? I placed my order, but as I told him what I wanted to eat, he was eyeing me intensely like I was some kind of puzzle, and he would win a million dollars if he solved it. I shifted nervously on my feet until my food was ready. Then I took it to the furthest table I could find. I'm not antisocial at all. In fact, I'm very extroverted. So for me to feel nervous like that, it was very strange for me. I tried to finish my food as much and as quickly as I could, but I felt nauseous, I felt like I wanted to go home. I left the KFC with a lump in my throat. Even after exiting the building, it felt like there were eyes on me, eyes glued to me, watching my every step. I power walked until I was at my car, and while I jumbled with the keys in my hand, I looked behind me, and that's when I saw him, the cashier that had been creepily eyeballing me was now walking towards me, making wide, fast strides. He was only a few meters away and his eyes never blinked or left mine. I froze up. My feet felt like cement blocks. I couldn't move. When he reached me, he tightly grabbed a hold of my arm. I remember fear washing over me. I couldn't even think. I was like some sort of ragdoll instead of a person. He yanked at me pulling me back to the KFC. He practically dragged me into the back door where we were secluded from the only other worker, a spot that didn't seem to have any cameras. My heart was pounding in my chest and every inhale burned like a hot coal being pressed against my chest and ribs. I finally spoke. What do you want? I cried. He slowly took a finger to his mouth as if to shush me before shoving me hard against the wall. He pinned me there, then tried to kiss me. This is what you wanted, isn't it? He said in between heavy breathing. What in the world gave him that idea? Finally, my mind shot back to life, and I realized if I didn't try to escape now, then it would just get worse. I lifted my knee, shoving it as hard as I could into his groin. He stumbled back, "'bent over and groaned. "'I took this as my chance to run, and that I did. "'I ran to my car and pulled out of the lot "'as fast as I could. "'Now, I was too embarrassed to call the cops. "'I didn't tell anyone, actually. "'Part of me feels guilty, would you believe it, "'for leading him on somehow, "'even though I had not given him any signals of the sort.' Just be aware of who you're surrounded by and pay attention to the red flashing lights when they first appear. Number seven, working at KFC, submitted by Albino Kitty. I worked at a KFC as my third job and I regret it. I worked with a certain guy Let's call him John, and he was the creepiest guy I've ever known. This takes place in Maryland. My coworker John one day was telling all of us a crazy story that he was particularly happy about. We'd never seen him so energetic or excited. He kept telling us that he had kidnapped someone. Of course, we thought he was just joking. On the news at the same time, there had been a kidnapping, and they were looking for the kidnapper, so we thought he was just pulling our leg. I mean, seriously, we thought he was just pranking us. Well, two days later, police surround the building, and I mean 20 different officers storm the building. They pin John to the ground, and he's just smiling and laughing about it. Then he tells all of us, told you so, told you so, over and over again and I'm blatantly horrified that we didn't listen to him. He came right out and told us the horrors he had committed, and we didn't listen. John is now locked up for life, thanks to multiple different charges, most of which were far worse than just kidnapping. John was a vile human being, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Number eight. KFC Creepy Man Submitted by Baby Love. I was 19 at the time, living with my boyfriend Kane, as well as his friends and their dogs. It was rough, but we were doing our best. At the time I worked at KFC, I had a part-time shift from 12pm to 5pm. One day, it was just me, my friend Jay, and the manager Bobby at the restaurant. We were talking and trying to make ourselves seem busy when finally a customer walks into the building. The guy was about six feet. He walks in, orders a number two, and Jay takes his order. I'm by the friars wiping down things, but when I look over, I notice that the man is looking at me and no one else, and I notice he's not even breaking eye contact. He just keeps staring. Not too long after that, my shift was over. I said goodnight to my coworkers and left for home. When I got back, Kane had dinner ready. We watched some TV until it was time for bed. At around 9 p.m., only a few minutes after going to bed, I was awakened by the dogs growling I slowly got out of bed, still exhausted, and the dogs followed me downstairs, and that's where my memory comes out. The next thing I do remember is waking up in the hospital with the worst headache I've ever had. Kane is next to my bed, and he tells me everything. He says he saw me get out of bed, and then he heard glass breaking, and all the dogs were snarling, barking, and going crazy. The guys ran downstairs and they saw a man running out of the house, standing over my body. Turns out it was the same man who had ordered at KFC earlier. He had followed me home and broke in while we were trying to sleep. He didn't get too far though, thanks to the dogs, but when he saw me, he quickly knocked me out, leaving me with a pretty bad concussion in the process. The guy was arrested and is now in jail, but I know things could have been much worse if it wasn't for those amazing dogs. They warned me and chased him off after he attacked me. That man is still in prison and the KFC I used to work at is now some pharmacy. We live at the same place and I'm happy to not be working customer service anymore because apparently sometimes the customers service you. Number 9, Crazy Lady at KFC, submitted by Jalen. I'm 15 years old, and I'm pretty tall for my age. For the past nine months, my dad has been gone. My mom and dad were together for 16 years, but now that he's gone, I only get to see him every weekend. This situation has happened to me three different times. The first time it happened was about a month and a half ago. We were at a KFC drive through and a woman comes up to the passenger front seat and they're just looking at me while I'm waiting. I start laughing and poke my dad, nod my head over to the window so he'd see the lady there. That's when she knocks on the glass. I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of hesitant to even be that close to her but I rolled down the window and I give her the time of day. She was standing right up against the car. She had blonde hair and was wearing really dirty clothes. As I'm rolling down the window, she basically shouts, hi, do you have gas money? I could use like four or five bucks, then proceeds to tell me her life story about how her dad passed away and how life has it out for her and all that. Now I don't really believe her, but I humor her. I open my wallet and hand her five bucks. Then she walks away and everything's good. Then about three weeks later, I'm at the drive-thru there. and My dad and my sister are with us. It's really late at night. It's dark outside and no one else is around, it seems. They tell us to pull up and wait about 10 more minutes for fresh chicken, as at that time of night, it has to be cooked to order. Someone suddenly comes up to my window and starts tapping on the glass, scaring the bejesus out of me. Now, I couldn't really see who it was more than a silhouette, but they sounded feminine. She said she needed help, so I rolled down my window a little bit. Then she starts talking, saying she doesn't have money and needs to get to the hospital because her dad passed away. I realize it was the same woman as before. I said we didn't have any money to give her, and she said thank you but sounded very upset about it. Now let's get back to last Thursday. My dad came to pick me up from a school event that I spoke at around 8.30, then took me out to eat. Of course, I picked KFC again, because as they say, it's finger lickin' good. This is where I decided to get bold. We're pulling in waiting to order, and this woman, the same woman from the last two times, came up to the car window again, and asks for the same thing. I was getting fed up. I didn't even realize what I said until I said it. Oh, okay, so you've got three dead dads now, huh? Instantly, her face goes from fake crying to holding so much anger and hatred. She takes two good steps away from my car, pulls out what appears to be some knife, and starts screaming at the top of her lungs at me and slams herself against my window slashing at it with a knife while banging her other fist against it, trying to break it. I'm having a panic attack, and I yell to my dad to just go, go, go. As soon as we drive away from her, she takes off down the street. My dad circles back around and lets the restaurant employees know what's going on, but I'm still freaking out. We were just attacked, and if it weren't for the thin glass window in the car, I'd be covered in holes right now. I'd never seen anything like it. This supposed beggar who needs help went from tragic to nightmare fuel in the matter of seconds. Crazy KFC woman, let's never meet again. And number 10, why I don't like KFC. Submitted by Edman. This happened a decade ago when I was around nine. It was a normal day and I was starving. I was begging my parents from the back seat to get some KFC. It was only five blocks away. I must've caught them when they were hungry too. So they were like, why not? We drove over. This particular store was a KFC Taco Bell mix. We sat down at a table. My mom told me to hold her purse. Then they walked over to the counter to place our order. But as they were ordering, a man with a graying beard sat next to me. Innocently enough, he asked me my name and how old I was, and I told him. He introduced himself, though I can't remember what he said his name was. He even said a joke that made me laugh, but again, I can't remember what he said. But he did start asking me other questions after that. Questions that, even at that age, I knew were strange like what my phone number was, what my street address was, what kind of stuff I had in my room. All I could really answer was I didn't know if I could be talking to him without my parents knowing. He suddenly got very angry. He reaches out a hand and forces the smile back on his face and asks, Would you like to come with me? I said no, I'm waiting on my parents and I'm hungry. He smiled even bigger and said, It'll be quick, I promise. You'll be back in no time. Being the stupid nine-year-old I was, I followed him. He was taking me outside the building, and I said to him, wait, I need to stay inside where my parents can see me. Then, without a word, he just yanked me out of the building, and he put his hand around my mouth so I couldn't scream. He dragged me to what must have been his car. He began to open the back passenger door, and I took the chance to break free from him. I managed to make it back to my dad, who was calling my name and exiting the building. I ran into his arms crying, and the guy just took off. The police were called, and they managed to catch the guy. He was soon thrown in jail. If I hadn't made it to my dad in time, I know that he would have taken me, and what he was planning to do wherever he was taking me, I don't know but it still keeps me up at night. I know for some people, these stories can change your mind about how you feel about certain places, but don't let them keep you from enjoying some fatty chicken. I mean, 20 minutes from now, I might be back at Popeye's ordering those terrible but delicious biscuits. So go on, go out there and enjoy what you like. Just be careful, be cautious, keep your eyes peeled, because in a world where we take our safety for granted, we are always at a disadvantage to whoever wants to hurt us. It could be an angry worker ready to go out in a blaze of glory and take the customers with him. Or it could be some customer who takes a fancying to you and decides to wait for you all night in the parking lot. Or if the door's unlocked, in the back seat of your car. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget, send me your scary experiences while using Lyft at darknessprevails.org. If you want to support this channel, think about buying some Darkness Prevails themed merchandise at morbidmonsters.com. We've got mugs, stickers, decals, and t-shirts or if possible, think about donating one buck a month at patreon.com darknessprevails to keep us afloat, no matter how volatile YouTube is. As promised, I'm going to read you my five favorite early comments from the previous video. And I'm sorry if I look exhausted. I don't think I slept at all last night. Claire Strange says, I see you love saying my last name a lot. Well, Claire, as long as you don't trademark that last name, we're gonna be just fine. Desm DK says, I almost got hit by a truck earlier. What a nice reminder. Well, Desm, I'm just glad you're here to tell the tale. Now, did you hit the truck back for doing that to you? You have to establish dominance or it's just gonna keep happening. Aeon says, when you're early enough to be in the next video, so you comment something kind about the video without even watching it. Now that's extremely loyal of you, but I'd rather you be honest and just smash that like button with all your fake accounts. Thank you. SportsfanJW says, It's been a while since I've been around this channel. Long time no see. I don't know why I was unsubbed from you. I thought you just disappeared. It's not you, Sportsfan. It's just YouTube who seems to be bent on destroying me and hiding all the evidence. But I'll be here like a tumorous cancer cell that whispers sweet, scary stories in your ear. And Sweetheart Sona says, just keep on trucking. Did you just assume my vehicle? Anyway, thank you all so much for listening and sticking around till the end. As always, stay safe out there and stay creepy. Now, here are the credits to all my patrons who donate and help make this channel less dependent on YouTube.